What is it? <laughs> you, why? I'm just wondering. It looks like your Mickey Mouse T-shirt. Fuck you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Don't you be <bad>, guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about my country helicopter's hat? No, no, the t-shirt's where it's at. I wasn't going to get changed. <laughs> no need for it. It was good. Thanks, mate. Look it was... Show us again. Show What's us it? again. You're a dick. <laughs> original. Yes, original Mickey Mouse from Disneyland. You're looking bloody, you're looking fit as a fiddle there, Pistol. What have you been up to, yeah, mate? Yeah, thanks, Jake. Oh, just a bit of this and a bit of that. Yeah. That you're looking good yourself. Oh, no, it's, it's the lighting, mate. It's the lighting. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. you've been running the God Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say running, but doing the God Zone. Killing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what are you yeah. telling me about today? I was sort of, I'm not too sure how to, wasn't too sure how to follow you or, or what, but yeah, um, yeah no. a lot of you guys did bloody well. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Better than last year, so that's good. Yeah. I he- These boys should all do it next year with us. <laughs> no, no, I, can't, I can't run a bloody cold bath at the moment. <laughs> Let alone. I got tired just hearing Hoodie was going to do the coast to coast. Yeah. <laughs> Hoodie, you reckon we're going to still be able to do it? We're on the, on the long list, aren't we? With the wait list? Yeah, but I reckon heaps of people will drop out. Just for a hold in there, eh? We'll see. Well, is there, a, is there a, a limit on contestants or whatever like a thousand i think yeah they said like three and a half thousand applied and only a thousand spots yeah 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 so jake what have you been up to not too much mate just bloody chipping away where are you jake it's it's sunny and and bright outside where you are it's um i'm out in luggage down in, in, in central otago there it's actually it's quite dark outside. It's probably just bright on the inside, I would have said. Got a flash yeah. camera. I'm just sitting in the like spare room. There's nowhere else really for me to go in this house. It's only, it's only a small one. Did the missus kick you out of the lounge? Nah, she's off walking the dog, mate. So she, she doesn't want to have to hear any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All nonsense. Yeah, yeah, all the nonsense. Exactly. You just get back, what, last night, did you? Yeah, did mate. Yeah, yeah. So we've been up in um, Tauranga, Rotorua, Napier, just just um, just doing some survey work after the the floods of Napier. We're sort of up there doing some insurance stuff. And what, what are you surveying? Flying, it? just flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've we've got a couple of four hundred twos just doing um, aerial photography and lidar and that sort of carry on. Yeah, nice. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been pretty good. It's a bit of a um, bit of a change to the low level scene, you know, but. Still, still getting the handle on it. Yeah. What height do you survey at? Um, <clears throat> it varies. It depends on what what the client wants, but generally between seven and sort of ten thousand feet. Oh, that's nice and high, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's strange, eh? Because you go from the low level stuff up to, up to the high higher survey, and you, I don't know what it is. Maybe being further away from the ground, but I've, initially I, I found it quite hard to to keep a bloody straight line and found a bit yeah. of oscillation and that sort of carry on, you know. <laughs> Should but, I struggle when I'm at five feet? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Mm. Bloody so, good to have you here anyway, Jake. You're you're the very first interviewee, is that the word? Guest. In, in, guest. Guest. Very first guest. 
Hale, thanks very much yeah. for having me on, fellas. It's quite a um, it's been bloody good listening to you over the last few podcasts. Have you been listening to I us? I have, yeah. I had, I admittedly, mate. I had to do a bit of a um, uh, a three run episode, if you like, in quick succession, yes, <laughs> just to sort of catch up <laughs> to find out what you got installed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there's <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of sneaky comments there from Hoodie that we would like to bloody clean, clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Should we address him now? <laughs> it's a it's a show, not a grower, mate. <laughs> Do we need to introduce our guest, Jimbo? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You, t- you tell us a bit about yourself, Jake. What have you done? Who are you? Jesus. What, yeah. and what, What's your name? In what regard, mate? Oh, um, just get your background and flying. Oh, look, well, I guess I, I suppose how we all know each other is through Andy and Kiwi and, and the farmers there thing. I was sort of having a think about it today and. I guess it goes back to about 2010 or 11 when I started with, with farmers. Yeah, I think you were a loader, a loader driver yeah, for me. Yeah, de- definitely was, mate. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together, Pete. Yeah. You and, um, you and George especially. Um, yeah, and, and, and Lucas. Yeah, Lucas Pick. and Alex. Tristy. Tristan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a funny one. You sort of think about these boys and whereabouts they are now, but you, you lose oh. contact with fellas over time, mate. Eh? Um, fuck, who else was there at that time? Lucas. Yeah, can't forget Lucas. No, no, Lucas. Um, yeah, 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 nah. yeah, Lucas was there. You guys, you remember that story uh, about him and George watching the Olympics gathering? <laughs> <laughs> Someone told me the other day we should really take out people's names. Oh. <laughs> True. Change, after, change his name. After the Tristy one. Like, they're sitting here. Um, so someone, oh, yeah, not, someone, not, not Lucas. <laughs> yeah, Lucas. <laughs> they were sitting there and they were watching the Olympic Games ceremony and there's one of those big blow-up doll things going around the, the stadium. Huge, huge things. And, uh, and Lucas turned around, or oh, someone turned around to um, George and he goes, Hey, hey, George. Who's that? <laughs> George goes, who do you think it is, Lucas? And he goes, oh, oh, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> it's fucking John Lennon. <laughs> oh, I had to know the guy. Because wasn't, wasn't the music going and everything? <laughs> That's right. God's sake. Well, I'm probably not doing the story of justice, but uh, no, you're not. You're not. The story's way better, but uh, I couldn't do it any justice either. Uh, it yeah. seems it seems like a bloody long time ago. That it, yeah. it does, but eh? It you, does. I still feel about like 11, we 12 be years ago. Oh, no, yeah. old Graham, Blue Bakey. Yeah. I Blue see him Bakey. occasionally driving a tractor. Is he? Where is he? He's still around Gisborne. Yeah, yeah, he's just drive. Well, um, last time I saw him, he was driving a tractor mowing the side of the roads, you know, with the grass. Yeah, 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 yeah. into Amazing. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I saw Lucas not long. Oh, I saw Lucas just about a year ago, just before we went into that last lockdown. He's with yeah. New Zealand, eh? I was going to yeah, say, yeah, New Zealand captain on the dash and um, 
and I think he would have a little kid now. Oh shit, yeah. does he? He's joking, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah I'd love to catch up with him because I do think about him a fair bit. He's um, oh, he's a good good fellow, eh? Mm. Yeah. Mm. All mm. of those boys were bloody good fellows. It just it was a, a funny time, eh? You sort of everyone's in competition to try to go flying and get into the Kiwi Air thing, but I think back then it was like. It must have been a downturn in survey, or I, I can't remember. Like when, I went up, <coughs> I went up to Gisborne after searching for shitloads of different um, aviation companies, and I seen Kiwi Air, and I gave them a call, and I, I remember talking to um, it was either I think it, it must have been Guy, and yep. he he said. He basically said, um, you need to call sometime next week or something like that. And then I, I got in touch with Andy and he said, oh, you better come up and see me. But it was a week after speaking to Guy initially. He didn't really. And um, he said, oh, come up come up and have a yarn. So I did. I drove my wee BMW up there and had a yarn with, with Andy. And, and then um, it's like, we don't. Yeah. I know. BMW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. He came out when I got to Gisborne. He came out and says, "What car are you driving?" And I just said, "Oh yeah, piece of crap BMW. I couldn't afford anything. You know, it's just what it was." But um, <laughs> couldn't afford anything. Just got a Beamer. <laughs> no, oh, mate, you, Who is this guy? I'll send, I'll send you some. I'll send you some photos. It was better than Bruce. Um. Yeah, and then he came out and read a yarn, and it was it was good. But he did say that it was probably not going to be any flying. I, I specifically remember that. I can't remember the ins and outs of the interview, but um, I think that's pretty standard, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he and he said, "Yeah, look, we'll we've got about three months of of loader driving for you, and then after that, you might be able to get into a into a bit of flying. You know, you're interested in, 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 in a bit of surveying. Obviously, I was. Um, but first, you got to go through the the um, the protocols of jumping on a loader and seeing he basically wanted to see what we were about, you know. But I was keen as to come up and do the loading three months turned into eighteen months. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. And still no flying. And still no flying. Yeah, it was funny because that was two thousand it would have been two thousand and ten, I think, or eleven. Eleven. It would have been must have been yeah, eleven. Two thousand eleven. I was still surveying in 10, and that was still going in about 11 or 12, it really started to slow down. Right, okay. Well, it was, yeah, it was definitely around that time anyway, and, and it wasn't until 2014. Um, and when I, I stayed up working there for 18 months with you guys, and then was, I just I just remember feeling like a little bit, shit, I don't know if we're going to get flying here. And um, I, I ended up getting it, it was, it was a, suggestion from Andy is like, oh, well, you know, you need to get flying. I don't think we're going to get anything with survey at the moment. So, you know, if you want to go and find another job, that's, that's fine by us sort of thing. We'll give you a call if there's, if there's anything that comes up. And I remember that specific conversation with him and it's like, oh, shit, sounds pretty good. So I ended up getting a job down in Wanaka and a couple of years later, it was like 2014, you know, <laughs> here comes the phone what were you doing and in, go to Canada. What were you doing in Wanaka? Um... <clears throat> I was working for Paul Cooper. We were doing, you know, the Milford flight, scenic flight stuff, going in and out of yeah. the Milford. And man, that that flying was, you know, that time was just bloody awesome, mate. Because you, 
I couldn't relate it to anything outside of flight school then. It was the first real sort of flying job. Yeah, cool. Um, cool. What was it you were flying? Toy 6. That was the first, that was sort of the first one. Prior to going up to, to Farmer's Zero, I'd done a few months over in Aussie in a 172, just chasing sheep around. That's right. You were doing mustering, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're what's that in like? a one seven two? In a wee one seven two, yeah. So I suppose that was the first. It was, but it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of flying involved. But I think over a year or whatever of being there, I might have done two two hundred and fifty hours or something. Um, so it was sort of ninety percent bloody being on the farm, digging holes, and forty degree heats, and ten percent a bit of flying, <laughs> which was all good. You look, you look yeah. back now, and it was, it was it was great. But yeah, at the time, <laughs> you just wanted to go back flying, didn't you? Where's your um, microphone, boy? Is that the sound not very good? Oh, oh I can't really hear. Uh, it's not too bad, mine. Oh, isn't it? Just me then. Can you hear right? Turn your ears up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to waffle on. But... No, no. That's all, um... all we do anyway. Yeah. Waffle. Yeah. <laughs> You could probably tell by our previous podcast, we are definitely winging it. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> like we prepped you, you know, got, made sure you had the right equipment and, you know, obviously. The most common problem yeah, made... I get is uh, that's an hour of my life I'm never going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so. Awesome. Nah, sorry, Jake. So you went mustering and then the Milford. That was me. Yeah, and then, and then the Kiwi call up for Canada. That's right. And I, man, Canada. I was like over the moon to, to hear from Katie. And I think it was we're going to Canada in about three days or something like this. You know, and are you are you happy to, to go? And I was like, shit. <laughs> three days, pack a bag and tell tell the the um, the company that I was working for at the time. I was like, shit, I'm I'm out of here, sort of thing. And they, uh, everyone, Always short notice. It was, yeah, I know. I was sort of, yeah, from, and from then on, it was like bags back beside the bed sort of shit, you know. Then you're out. Then you're out, yeah. yeah. So that can, was, can we go great. back to the mustering for a bit? Because I, I, I don't know anything about that with a, how you do that with a plane. Is that all like you're in radio contact with fellas on the ground and you're telling them where they are or are you actually rounding them up? No, so... You, first, you've got to go get your low-level endorsement. You know, the, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Because we don't have this in New Zealand. That's right, we don't. So you, as Australia, you still have it. They've just gone... What do you do for that? You've got to, you've got to find the right person. There's only a couple of guys that do them. Um, so there's a guy in... Uh, what's his name? Barry, Barry, Barry Foster, I think. Is Foster? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bloody good guy. So I went and seen him. And you, you've got to spend five hours... Um, doing different sort of manoeuvres but all at low level and part of it's flying in the power lines and um, they've got this big thing of tyres like the old um, silage tyres in the middle of a paddock and they say it's a, you know, it's a pack of sheep you've got to dive on that and do a sort of a dumbbell turn back onto it and then do it again and do that for an hour or so and, um, and then you go and do a sort of low level cross country for about an hour and and that's that's pretty much it. And so, when you're doing the mustering, is it low level or is it like the mustering? Yeah, so the mustering itself is you wouldn't be any lower. Well, I mean, you, you can yeah, you wouldn't go any lower than 100 feet. You wouldn't really want to do that. Um, 
but you've got five guys, five or six guys on the ground on their motorbikes and you and you radio communication with them. So they're massive paddocks. You know, you're talking bloody thousand hectare paddocks. Huge. Yeah. Um, and you'd be out there for, for four or five hours sort of mustering as, as, as much fuel as you can fit in the 172 and then you'd be back filled up again and, and away you go again sort of thing. So it's just the, it's the all, idea is moving the sheep. Um, yeah, is it UHF well, communication, like whatever they're called, CBs or thing? Yeah, I'm not too sure what the radio is. It's just normal bloody handheld radios that they have on the ground and then you've got your yeah. your VHF and your, and your planes so you're just communicating normally. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you sort of you, you run straight lines. There's no um, navigation GPS like what you you know you have when you're navigating on low level survey or for um, the top dressing. There's you, you're just basically following a, a magenta line from on your GPS sort of thing, you know. Um, so you go from <laughs> one end of the paddock to the next, and over that distance, you know, you could be you try to keep a straight line, but you might be bloody two or three miles out. <laughs> Oh, you could, you could, you know, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I was, Pete. You probably wouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you don't want to be too far out because you miss, you miss the sheep. So you you, you turn at the other end and come back, and if you're in front of the the motorbikes, you know that you're too far over, sort of thing. So you just come back. But I mean, so it's quite regimented. There's a there's a proper process to it and everything. Yeah, I suppose so. Like you. The, the guys that run the stations, they they sit you down in the morning and tell you how they want to how they want to muster the paddock. There's there's generally one one or two um, people that you communicate with on the ground. You can't talk to everyone. Maybe it's different now. You probably can talk to everyone, but at the time we couldn't. And they would communicate with the rest of the their group because you know they they could be three or four kilometres away from each other, sort of thing, and chasing sheep around the paddock to the. To the um, till you get to the other end of the paddock where all the sheep are finally together. Yeah, um, but as far as like you, you're not, you sh- yeah. I mean, a lot of guys do, but it's not really part of your job to bloody dive on the sheep and muster them in that way. It's really just a, a sheep spotting, you yeah. know, from the plane. And you're a bit telling- like trainer spotting, sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so, mate. Yeah. Do you guys work in with choppers? What or not? No, the the chopper guys are more on the cattle stations. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. so you're doing more sh- sh- a sheep opposed that, to cattle. That was just all sheep, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. didn't... Uh, we know someone else who went and did the same thing. That came through Summers, be... yeah? No, I think Arnie McCarty, didn't she go over and Yeah, do it? it was much the same story as what Jake's saying, like 90% yeah. farm work and, and treated like shit <laughs> and, then, and then told to go get in the plane. This is the mate. When I got picked up, it was in the middle of the night because you you go to Adelaide, jump on a bus. It's ten hours north. This is where we were in a place called Mulgathing, um, which is up towards Cooper Pedy. If you know where that is, yeah, I know Cooper Pedy. Right, so I mean, Cooper Pedy's known for bloody opals and being hot and people living underground that sort of thing. So anyway, yeah. I got up there in the middle of the night, and James comes pick pick me up. This is the the owner or the manager on the station. Pick me up. I just spent all this time on the bus with um, the <laughs> Australian natives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to be a little bit fizzy. Um, anyway, it was, yeah, it was pretty. Sam's not. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're you're fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it was, it was it was yeah. I was pretty happy to get off the bus. Anyway, I'll put it politely. Um, James picks me up. 
hundred miles now down these old bloody farm tracks back into the middle of the where the um, station houses and things are. And he, we get out. We're having a yarn on the way, of course. We get out, and I thought, oh, he's not a bad guy. We get out, and he shows me where I'm staying. And he's walking to this room. There's bloody spider webs and shit everywhere. There's dirt on the floor. The the bed's just springs. There's no mattress or anything. There's no sheets. <laughs> I'm mean, fuck. What have I got myself into? Um, and that was it. So I just slept in my um, swan dry that night. And we were up at half past five or six o'clock or whatever it was in the morning to go and have breakfast. Felt like I didn't get any sleep that night, but. Um, Jess, the the wife, was lovely enough to supply me <laughs> with with the goods during the day, so I got a good night's sleep the next night. But he, yeah, I mean, he couldn't give a shit. It was quite funny. First night in Australia <laughs> on a mat, on a bed with just springs, just springs, mate. Uh, Living the dream. So, is it a job people can do for money, or is it just an hour builder? Oh, essentially, stepping yeah, stone. Yeah, stepping stone. I'd say. Um, again, man, it, it could have well changed now, Jimbo, but definitely at the time for me, it was it was an hour builder for I wanted to get my instructor rating and I couldn't afford to to do it flying around in New Zealand for, out of my own pocket. So I was lucky yeah. enough to sort of have that farming background and when I applied for that job, he said, yeah, come over and um, come over and meet us. And yeah, they, they, um, they, they gave me the job and went over there and spent it wasn't quite a year, but it was, it was nearly a year. What do you reckon you made in that year? Bugger all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bugger all. I think my wages, it might have been five, as, yeah, as I recall now, it was about 500 bucks a fortnight or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty rough. Bit of but you got free accommodation. <laughs> yeah, free, yeah, so we, you, you, your money, it was, just, it was just over there. It was about a thousand bucks a month. Australian and oh, you got your accommodation paid for, well you know you lived on the station and your, your food and everything was paid for so it wasn't I'm not planning a great batch yet, but it was a good experience it was, it was good, yeah it was a good experience. Oh, good life yeah. skills yeah it was yeah. a good experience and you you learn a lot I think character building yeah it definitely is the only thing that I didn't like you, I didn't really. You don't have anyone to talk to when you're there out on your own, and you, you're a fresh bloody CPL with 250 hours. Whatever you've got. Are you talking about like a mentor sort yeah, of thing, like a mentor opposed sort of thing, to just loneliness? Yeah, no, it's not not so much loneliness. More about flying. Yeah, you sort. You know, if, if something's not going right with the airplane or whatever, you, I mean, you don't know. At you don't know that at those hours, so you just. Yeah, yeah. there's no one real to, really to talk to, and they sort of expect you to just go and jump in the airplane and go and do it, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Oh, did you make heaps of good focus, the... though, when you're, um, yeah. like, the shepherds and shit? They are. Yeah, yeah real real good focus. Hardy, like, very hard, hardy sort of fellas, as you could imagine, people in the middle of bloody nowhere being, you know. Yeah. And these guys sleep under the stars. The, the, the doggers, which are the people that check the fence, the, there's a, the, the dog fence runs right through South Australia there. Um, and they employ a couple of guys to make sure that there's no holes in the fence for the dingoes and that to get into the chirp the sheep. Yeah. So they employ these guys to make sure that the, the fences are, are meant. But these guys, I remember one old guy that would have been 80 or yeah, 80 years old or so, <laughs> he's sleeping under the stars every night sort of thing, you know. Gee. Just, just hard old guys. It's awesome, mate. It's a good character. It's a pretty cool life, isn't it? Well, if, if you're into that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, if you like snakes. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, till a big brown yeah. fucking comes 
still there as well. But it no, keeps you warm at night. You're right, though, Pete. It's one of those things that would suit a certain type of person. I think, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're secluded, and yeah. just doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. And then, so you got the big call up and you're, you're away, three days' notice, off to Canada. It was, mate. It was bloody fantastic. So that was the first we- first tour. We went to um, Moosonee. Where's Moosonee? Moosonee is in Ontario. If you know James Bay, which is where your, your magnetic bloody North Pole is, or Hudson Bay, yep. right at the very bottom of that is James Bay, and, and just on that um, peninsula of that little yeah, that little pen- yeah. there is, is, yeah. is Moosonee. Gotcha. So we were stuck. Oh, not yeah. far from Fort Albany. That's exactly right. Yeah, Fort Albany is ah. around the side there. Yeah, so that was my first experience over there, and it was just awesome, mate. The, the guys um, that I was with then, Cole and Crispin and Alex, just really good fellas. You know, they, they've been flying survey for a while, and just good people to be around. So I wasn't sort of used to having that two-crew environment, if you like, you know, so you got that really good learning experience. Um, because it is quite daunting going away. If you were to be on your own, it would be a, a different sort of thing, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, for sure. It was quite a good setup because you're always with a couple of yeah. other people. In that 100%, sense. exactly. So, I mean, you've always got someone you can turn to if you've got a question about the airplane or whatever. And, the, and, and Andy's yeah. system, especially with new guys, was great. Writing reports every day sort of thing and getting to know the job as well as the the aeroplane. He, I think, he really wanted you to know the plane, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of had to know it inside and out. Yeah, yeah. So, so you did did all of you have to do like a a written report after each flight? This is before you actually went away and did the survey, like in that that one five two or whatever he had. Did you have to do that? I remember the one seven two. Was it BWL? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he had a little aero bat when I was yeah, there. Yeah, he had a one five, a one five two aero bat. Yeah. Yeah. When he got yeah, that yeah. one seven two, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. No, I used so, to have to keep notes. I had to write notes, and then he'd read my notes. Yeah. I didn't have to write a report. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same yeah. thing. I had to do that every flight that that I did in either the one five two or in the Cresco with mm. them. Yeah. Trying to write notes, and you always hey. had to, you always had to find something you needed to improve yeah. on and right you had to it, was, it, it didn't, and... ta- didn't take much finding for me <laughs> <laughs> yes. it was normally quite obvious <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. good so what did you think of like before you started surveying you're obviously loading for 18 months so you had a, a bit of an idea from chatting to the fellas mm-hmm. how did that compare once you're actually in the thick of it and and getting a few hours under your belt. Did did you notice a difference with that compared to what you're expecting in your mind? It's a good question. Um, I think I was just that excited to go because I'd spent 18 months thinking about going flying survey. So when, when you actually get over there, you just think, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and especially being around, you know, you boys that have done it for quite a few years, the stories not just the flying, like, you know, outside of flying too, the camaraderie, everything was, that was the interesting thing. And when you go over there and experience it yourself, it's, it all, the, the puzzles fit together, you know, pieces of the puzzle fit, fit, fits together, so to speak. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, it was, depending on 
where we went, you know, later on we, we, we spent time in India and other places, but I think some places were definitely better than others. But the, the, the first experience, I can say, yeah, was fantastic, mate, you know, because you just felt like you were waiting for such a long time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Like you gave up a flying job in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you compare the flying in Fiordland and doing the survey, low level surveying? Like, well, they're quite different, but yeah, both pretty neat. I never, like, I, I didn't, I didn't give that away. They, you know, I was, I was only a, a casual employee anyway at the time. I was working between Wanaka and Queenstown for two different companies, um, flying the two hundred six and then the Airvan when that came into it completely different kettle of fish flying passengers in and out of Fiordland um, really special way like you the days depending on the weather can change you know completely your, your outlook I mean like you know you go into Milford one day and there's um, beautiful crystal blue clear skies and then and the next day it might be low cloud and you've got to find a different way to get in there you know all these sort of valley systems and things so that keeps you on your toes um but you get to know reasonably you get to know the areas reasonably well and i think um comparing that you know comparing it to survey they're just two different two different breeds um the 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 two crew thing with the survey i would say is the major difference you know you've you've got someone there that you've can talk to for bloody eight hours of the day, you know, you can have a yarn and um, and you're overseas, you're, you're young, you're doing that. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not too not too sure how, how else to answer that. <laughs> Good fun. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like taking a pill in a bottle next to your mate, eh? <laughs> exactly, <Audrey. laughs> oh, no. You start out, you start, you start the tour out, out with the curtain, and then you finish it without yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and truly. I bet they're still using it with you, though. After you took the first. You you hit the bloody skirts a couple of times, didn't you, Peter, in the plane? Ah, yeah. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you carry a bucket around with you? No, I didn't carry yeah. a bucket. No, but yeah, no, I did have a couple, couple of um, moments. <laughs> team building but, exercises. Hey, yeah, yeah, and like my first one, we didn't. The whole curtain thing wasn't a thing. It was because um, we, we were surveying in the Sahara, and you know we were about three hours away from the airport, and uh, the stomach just instantly dropped. Mm. And it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. What do you do? <laughs> Right. But I contained it all. It, it, like didn't have any spillage, and um, but but other pilot was also called Jimbo, and uh, yeah, yeah, he, he just had a bit of a like when I said, "Oh fuck," and he just looked at me and he knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just had one hand on the stick and the other hand on his head, just like that the whole way. <laughs> but also learning experiences, like you know didn't realize when you're pooing you normally have to pee at the same time so it's yeah. like thought about the poo part and then i was like oh shit i've got to pee down so it's like you're scrambling around to find another bottle you pooed into a bottle yeah no i pooed it they had a toilet tom have you heard of toilet toms they're a little so bag a little bag yeah. unfolds it's got like a hard sort of overall shape top and you meant to pee in it and it's got like a um, 
like a little pad in it. It's, yeah, crystal pad thing. It absorbs it, it all up and just goes to jelly. Yeah, but it's it's shaped for both men and women, and so it fits fits in quite well. And so pooed into that, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then found a bottle to pee in at the same time. But I had to take like you can just sit on your seat obviously so it's like lifted the seat cushion up and it had a perfect you know square box underneath so just hand <laughs> under there and yeah been used to old um pledge and um, yeah, yeah, the yeah. window cleaning cloth to you know clean my hands up and <laughs> the rest of it yeah. and you've been best friends ever since <laughs> yeah that's right you've had your a kind of couple of bouts of being crook overseas eh, Jay? I have, mate. Yeah, I got pretty bloody crook in Nepal, actually. Um, Deli belly. Yeah, I ended up being. I had no idea at the time, but it was it was Jardia. We, oh man, like towards the end there, I lost a heap of weight, and every flight, if you're more than forty five minutes, you you're not gonna pants aren't gonna. Not going to be well. Not going yeah, to go well. And I remember what were you doing over there? Just so we know. Oh, sorry. Was yeah, it so I went over in 2015. Um, just after they had a there was I don't know yeah so Kathmandu had an earthquake in 2015 and it was bloody horrific. Um, so I shot it. I went over there. It was just by chance that um, a job popped up at that time, and was working for a Cats man, that you was the same company that you were working for, wasn't it, Jimbo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had a couple of airplanes when you were there, or was it three? Yeah, there was three when I was there. They, well, they started, they just had the two, and then they got the third one in while I was there. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we there was only two when when I turned up there. Um, so I got to got to Kathmandu after knowing that the, the earthquake had happened, that they rang me up and they're like, oh, you can still come over, because I was sort of con- a little bit concerned about going over at that time, just after the bloody earthquake, and I was like, shit, what's it going to be like today? You know, as good as gold, and I turned up, and I just remember getting off the airplane and thinking, what the bloody hell have I stepped into, because the bloody, the city was like in rubble. Um, I think there was 8,000 people that got killed or something like that. It was, it was pretty, Holy. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, anyway, so we were based out at Nepal Gunge, which is West Nepal, and we we're just taking same exactly what you were doing, mate. Obviously, the same same company, just taking passengers and um, cargo and other bits and pieces. Where's hoodie gone? Hey, hey. Uh, the dozing hoodie, are you? <laughs> nah, Wake up! I can hear. Look, look at this. Hey, oh, oh look at that. <laughs> I guess the people who are, who don't have a camp who are just listening we're looking at someone trying to creep into little ch- children that are meant to be in bed bloody I was just sending out a mayday call <laughs> oh no how's how's we Hank just quickly Hoodie nah good man good loving the dream good 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 baby so far oh good uh, that's the story yeah good stuff uh, yeah, yeah I I did have a bit of dally belly when I first arrived in Nepal as well. I got, I first turned up and then I got wined and dined by the, by the, by management. And cause what's Catman do? Is it four and a half thousand feet up? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Exactly. I think, yeah. So the bears had 
like, oh, I'm a lightweight anyway, but I had a few too many, but it was the same as having triple. <laughs> but <laughs> oxygen, got... to, oxygen to alcohol ratio was out, was it? <laughs> yeah, it was It was significantly out. I forgot to uh, allow for my density altitude. Yeah, yeah and didn't I, lean it out. I, I got offered all of this, like, um, all of the local cuisines. Do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? So, yeah, bloody oath, man. Give it all. And I, I had some goat's lungs. Ooh. And they... They get the goat slung and they crack eggs into the lung and then they fry it and then you eat it and... Uh, Tasty? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I gave it the thumbs up, but I was the same. I spent the next month just curled over and I it was just going from flight to flight from uh, squatting pan to squatting pan, yeah. or sometimes it wasn't even that, it was just a hole in the ground. That's right. And you, you just lose all dignity. <laughs> and, and <laughs> you, uh, so easy passengers yeah. boarding on while captain's uh, <laughs> yeah. leaving rip, eh? Can you remember Simicot? <laughs> in a minute, guys. What's that? Can you, can you remember Simicot? Yeah, yeah. We were, so we were heading up to Simicot and it would have been 10 minutes before we landed because you, you, you get up to, I don't know, 15,000 feet or something like that, as I remember, or 14,000 feet. And I just had this bloody horrible grumble, hurt, pain in your stomach. And I just, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't I couldn't hold on, you know. Was it a passenger flight that yeah, way or cargo? Yeah, it was. So I, I did. I let, I let, like I thought you... I tried to let a, a wee bloody fart go. I thought that's all I could sort of get sneak past the side, but, but it was, um, yeah, it was horrendous. I chipped myself uh... and I got, got to some, got jumped out of the airplane and, and all the liquid just ran down the inside of my legs. Oh, <laughs> I stepped that onto the, onto the wing. And I, I mean, I couldn't do anything. So, the, the toilet, you're talking about a pan toilet at some, they have that pan toilet and it's like in a, a wooden box with, uh, you know, you can see the sky, um, and the the toilet doesn't go to anywhere. It's just out to the back. There's no infrastructure for any of this sort of stuff. You know, there's a little bucket of water next to and you in the little um, cup in the in the water. You're supposed to dip it in there and put it down your back, and that's how they clean themselves. You know, with one of their hands. You know, so I went in there and cleaned myself up, put my knees off because I was completely ruined, and then just put um, had hemp. Because they grow hemp up everywhere, so I grabbed some hemp, hemp leaves and just clean, clean myself up with the hemp leaves. Um, put my jeans back on and went back to work. Trooper. <laughs> it's semi is the furthest away airstrip you can fly to, so it's like it's nearly an hour, yeah, fifteen, yeah. yeah, and it's at nearly ten thousand feet up as well. It's it's just a. A lovely place, place. absolutely lovely, yeah, but very secluded. It's uh, probably the the last place you'd want that to happen. No. So you're yeah. going into these trips at 10,000 feet, fully loaded. Yeah, yep. And it leaks out. Yep. Maximum landing max, weight. Max landing, max maximum landing weight, landing. yeah, for the foot strip. Not, not your, it wouldn't be your top pressing load, your three tonne, I don't think. So you're in you're in the XL, We're yeah. In the XL, yeah. So about like seven thousand. Would have been seven thousand pounds. pounds. Yeah, yeah. Just probably just a bit more, seven one whatever it was. And I, I do actually remember going into one. Oh, I'll never forget this one. Actually, into Dolper. Can you remember Dolper? Yep. 
Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, we're shooting yeah. into there, and it's a one-way strip, and um, they had there's no task there, it's just all dirt. I can't remember the altitude; it might be eight thousand feet or something like that. If that rings. Yeah, around that. Yeah, and I was coming around the corner because you, you sort of you go over a wee um, a ridge line and you descend down a valley and then turn turn right into onto your final approach. And by the time you sort of get onto your you turn right onto your final. <laughs> You're almost committed, you know. You're, you're about a three or four mile final, and you um, you can't have any tailwind going into there. And you're talking. You've got communication with the guys in the tower, so they sort of let you know if you've got if they've got any wind on the ground. You want to find out if there's a tailwind, otherwise you just give it away and go go back home. I turned on the final. And it was about ten knots. Um, I should have given it away then, but by the time I got down. To, um, to where I wanted to land, there was no way I was going to be able to put, put it down there. And it was about halfway at the airstrip. Finally, I just dropped it on the ground. I let go of the, the flaps and just bloody slammed it onto the ground. Um, both of us were on the brakes, was in beta, and couldn't see anything out the front window because it was all, you know, dirt, everything was being blown up. By the time we got stopped, and the dust had settled it right at the very end of the strip. And if you remember what it was like at the very end of the strip, James. Not very not, inviting. Not very inviting, yeah. No, so it was a, re- it was a reverse out of there and not um, not one of my finest moments, to be honest. There's there's places like that that um, if you, yeah, you'd probably quite easily come unstuck, eh? Yeah. Mm. You're kind a, of forced to learn. That's right. I know. And it was a hell of a learning curve for me. That was probably one of them that. Just, um, yeah, don't take any bloody tailwind into Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the lady, I remember that same flight, you know, they were um, pretty happy to get off the airplane, as you would be as a passenger. The, yeah. little, the little lady that was there, she greeted us with this massive apple, and I'll never forget it. She was only about five foot off the ground, and this apple was, you know, like this. And I just thought, you know, she, she's got no shoes on. Um, she's about to take a bloody 20 kilo bag of rice to her village, which could be a day's walk away sort of thing. Big smile on her face, probably doesn't have anything to give you, except this, you know, she gave you this apple, it was pretty nice. Yeah. And, and then that Sue Chia tea, which is like um, buff milk tea, you'd, you'd smell it and just about yeah, terrible stuff. It was, is it super milky, salty oh, tea? Ugh. You had to, you had to... Once you got the cup, you had to pinch the layer of, like, solid milk and yeah. flick it off. You had to do it every five minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, just right. re-pick the layer off. What was the tea made of? Like, what type of tea? They caught, What did they call That was the sushi, was it? It was like salt salt tea, but made with buffalo milk. I think it was called sushi, yeah, right. salt tea. Mm. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong, James. Or, or... Yeah, no, I can't remember yeah. They had they had some really good ones and some some ones that that would be the opposite. That's right. It was just the buffalo milk that got me. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So how, how, how long did you how long did you spend up there, Timber? I was there two and a half ish years, I think. I went there in two thousand and nine, and then finished up two thousand and twelve. 2012. Yeah. Okay. So there a couple of years. So you, you, your position would have been taken by a fellow called Ben. Yep. So Ben was there yeah. when I was there. I met Ben here in Methven. Actually, he was 
he was flying the skydiving plane here and doing the skydiving course and we got on on the juice one night and yeah i don't know what happened but he ended up in the pool a couple of weeks later <laughs> good night ben good yeah. night yeah. when did you first move to methan oh i moved here only in like 2018 so yeah, four right. or five years ago but because so, i had a friend who was here at archery. the time yeah yeah so he was yeah. flying the skydiving plane and then benji was he wasn't actually flying it here no he was just in the the parachuting course that they did here and he used to fly the cresco and aussie somewhere he's an aussie fella yeah, right. yeah, yeah. picard yeah yeah he's a he's a top man that fella good bugger mm. yeah he is a, a butcher by trade and this same airstrip we we're talking about earlier simicot they've got this oh himalayan goat it's like a chamois or something does that sound familiar yeah Jake? it does yep yep and it tastes really good mm. so we'd always get one whenever it was time and then just give it to benji and he'd work his magic and we'd have roast on the roof of the mm, yeah. of the house we were staying because the houses there were um like s square but with a flat roof and they just keep building up over time so oh, the, you say you just put another level on top yeah yeah and yeah, the cool. top layer was always just a half a building and then the rest was out in the open and that was we'd we'd usually have some drinks on there and you know have a barbecue invite the ruskies around good fun the ruskies yeah oh yeah because the un world food program that's still there now that was there then they had their own choppers they had a couple of mill eights that were based there some un ones oh, ukraine pilots the pool guns. yeah cool they were in i was based in circuit when i was there oh uh, right okay yeah we'd we'd only go to nepal Gunge a little bit yeah so yeah. you, had, you had your own house yeah. in in circuit yeah i've got a yeah there was a crew camp like in nepal Gunge where everyone would stay because the company had a couple of planes and a whole bunch of crew to work for loading and unloading the aircraft and then pilots and all that crap yeah but yeah i i was just keen to go and not live there yeah 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 after <laughs> two after two and a bit years as well would you would you go back up there and do a bit of flight i've i've thought about it i got asked to go i have gone back a couple of times to do some some pilot proficiency check flights whatever they're called those annual check flights and yeah i did get asked by one of the other companies there i can't remember which one to go and fly their dornier seater and i was yeah yeah it might have been them i was i was keen to but i was top dressing back here and i was still still in the honeymoon phase so i yeah. didn't want to give that up but i would have because i haven't got any multi-time and they were going to send me to the states and get my atpl and then send me back in to do some more but so that's what they brought in in nepalo you had to have your atpl it's it was pretty much one of the reasons why i never went went back i sort of oh what for all types of yeah, aircraft what you were in eh? they they um they, were, they wanted you to have your atpl because we, we like a foreigner would go over there and you'd be a what they would call an ip and instructor pilot so you'd sit in with the idea was to get their 
um, the Nepal East guys up to speed so they can they can fly and and, and be you know the the captain I guess. Um, but now you can't fly there with commercials, so your instructor rating or whatever it doesn't matter. You you have to have the APTL. So the, they only just brought that in. I think it must have been in two thousand and sixteen. Hmm. And, and so did you guys go over with a New Zealand CPL and get it converted? Like, how does that work? Um, yeah, yeah, tell us about how, did you would have had to do a week in uh, Can? Yes, yeah, well, it was only three days. Um, they were pretty keen for me to get out there. They hadn't been flying for ages by the time I got up there. And we, they'd got a few other, as, well, I didn't know, I, was, you know, I didn't know any different when I turned up there, but after that earthquake, they'd heaps, they were doing heaps of humanitarian stuff. So they had one plane based in Kathmandu and then one based out in the full gun. But anyway, yeah, I spent three days in Cannes. We had to do... That, that's civil aviation. At, at, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, civil yeah, aviation. Cool. In Kathmandu. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 it was up at the, by the airport there. So you have to do an exam, which was... My, I don't know what your experience was like, James, but um, the, it wasn't overly... Everything was pretty much given to you, wasn't it? You know, like it was. Uh, it, it could have been a week long course. Yeah. Or. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> or 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Either or. Either or. Right. Either or. Yeah. yeah. Up to you. Up to you. Yeah, yeah, you choose. <laughs> so they don't give you a license at the end of it, they give you a validation. Um, yeah, so you okay. can fly there for 12 months on your validation and then. Have to go on. There's actually no such thing as a Nepalese pilot's license. They don't. So everyone has a validation. So while they're flying on a a um, on an ATPL from either the states or is that right? They don't. There's no Nepalese licenses, is there? Or, or do they? There's nowhere to train in Nepal. Or have I got that wrong? The yeah, it could be different now. They only they started a flight school when I was there, but. I, yeah, I don't understand any of it. Didn't really follow it, to be fair. Yeah, okay, because the, all, the, all the guys that I flew with had US ATPLs. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know your or remember your license validation number by chance? Um, I could find it. I've kept it somewhere, but, I'll, yeah, not off the top of my head, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably no, the same right. as yours, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scribble out my name and put yours in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I only asked because when I did it, they they must have recently just opened the gates back up to international pilots, and my validation license number was zero 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 five. <laughs> <laughs> number five. All right. No. Yo. Yeah. Trusty went up and did a bit there too, didn't he? I took over from Trusty. Did you I, take over I, from Trusty? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was there. He was he was keen to go. So yep. when I when I turned up and I got had my night out in Kathmandu and got a bit crook from it, then it's a oh, an hour or two hour flight with the local airline to Nepalgunge and then it's a three hour drive to Sirket from there. And when I landed in Nepalgunge Trusty was there. He was waiting to get on my flight that was going back to Kathmandu. So we 
we quickly caught up there and at the same time they had a a Dornier. Do you do you guys know the Dornier two two eight? It's a it's a high wing, quite a slick looking thing, mm. retractable undercarriage. And the main the main wheels kinda look like a Hercules where they you you sort of only see a little bit of the tires. At least that's how yep. I remember it anyway. There's one of those doing circuits there at Napolgringe and I was chatting with Trusty. And I remember looking because I'd never seen them before. I thought, far out, that's that's pretty cool. You you don't even see the tires on them. They're that well hidden. And then the plane did a touch and go and heard this big (laughs) (laughs) scrape down the runway. And then the whistles start blowing and fire trucks going everywhere and people were running. And and, uh, so what had happened is I saw the fella coming into land. He forgot to put his (laughs) undercarriage down, scraped down the runway. And then because it was high wing tipped it a little bit and the the propeller ground up and then it that tipped it the other way (laughs) ground up the other side maybe you can do one engine you might as well do both yeah yeah, exactly that's right and then poor old trusty that was they had to cancel his flight his home (laughs) (laughs) he was gutted they they put him up into a into a hotel that probably would have given your Australian one a run for its money, I reckon, Jake. Yeah, bloody hell. Oh, I could it. just pitch a trusty two away. Yeah, he was he was upset, but as usual. I, oh, yeah. that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so where'd, you, yeah. where'd you go after you went to Nepal? Uh, top so you, went, you just come, you came back straight to New Zealand, did you? Yeah, yeah. I finished in two thousand, early two thousand and twelve, and then went straight to Wanganui and started. Oh, I didn't start flying straight away with them. I was in the hangar for six months, and then did my air grading with them. Yeah. Sure. And that was that. Yeah, I went back to. Yeah, oh, like I said, I went back a couple of times to do a few little proficiency flights for those fellas, but. Yeah, that was that was really it. So, what was your overall uh, thoughts on flying the XL in the in the survey and in Nepal? Um, yeah, N- Nepal. It was again. I'll probably re- relate that a little bit to the Milford stuff because you're, you're flying passengers and there's a um, you know mountains and things around. Was that, I, I guess the 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 big difference there was the temperature you know you'd be sitting in buddy 35 degrees at, at your base and then you might be at five degrees or something where you, where you're going to to drop people off um but yeah i mean i had a really good time in nepal i i would have i would have liked to have stayed there a bit longer but i wasn't um overly comfortable with engineering and all that sort of carry on i won't, I won't go into that but um no i mean the pack i do i've yeah i miss the pack now have, um, it's been a little while since I've flown it. The, um, Would well, you go pack or 402? Oof. Have you had a choice? To be honest, I'd probably get back in the pack, Pete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the 402? Uh, Cessna 402. They're just a light twin. Yeah. Where, yeah, where are you? Is that an eagle? What's that, sorry? Is that an eagle? I don't think it's an eagle. No, so. I'm not too sure. I got asked that the other day if it was a golden eagle. I don't, I'm not too sure what the golden eagle is. 
Nah, I think Golden Eagle's way more sportier. Is it? Hmm. I think yeah, so. Yeah, okay, I'm not too... Yeah, I wouldn't... I d- I'm not... Is I'm it not, when I'm they get like, too lined up? Whatever's. Nah, I think the Golden Eagle's piston uh, pressurised. Pressurised, yeah, the Air Force yeah. used to have them. Yeah, you better look us up, uh, Jimbo, so we're not looking like idiots. <laughs> all all like I idiots. can see is Cessna 402 business liner. Yeah. They used to, they used to skydive Jesus. out of it in Taupo. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you, yeah, no, the Golden Eagle's pressurised turbo, uh, not turbo, was it, piston. Piston, What were yeah. you, um, what yeah. were you up in P&G and Jake? Twitter, nice. That's something I'd like. Oh, man, awesome, very forgiving. Quite a, it's a different beast to the, the 402, that's for sure. Just, um, yeah. I mean, you can take the you can take the twin otters anywhere. Either eh? where where you take the pack, the, the twin otter will get them easy. They're um, easier than oh, the pack. No, not easier, but about the, isn't the same, you know. Yeah. Um, and just a really gem of an aeroplane to fly. Yeah. We had. Well, I think we must because I was working for heavy lift there until COVID sort of stuffed it all up for us. <clears throat> Ended up doing um, eighteen weeks, or yeah, eighteen weeks in quarantine. So it was just spending that time in the hotel, mate. She she got a bit much in the end. Yeah, old COVID, yeah. Old COVID. Eh? yeah. But oh, mate, if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably still be in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, I really enjoyed flying. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So if it wasn't for COVID, it'd be PNG. Oh, I think way. so, mate. Yeah, just the the, the tours yeah. too, man. Like you, you're working your twenty eight days on, twenty eight days off, and. And the guys there are great. You, you're working with bloody good buggers. Well, Will Plunkett, who's an Aussie at the moment, he's. Do you, do you make a, enough money for a, to have a decent lifestyle doing that? Twenty-eight day on, twenty day off. <coughs> I would like to say yes, but if you're living, if you're living somewhere that, that was a little bit less expensive, like you, you spend twenty-eight days. Not Wanaka. <laughs> <laughs> you spend you spend twenty-eight days at work, and then you come home and spend twenty-eight days at mod ten. So it doesn't bloody. <laughs> Doesn't and and you got to buy your Beamer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, yeah that's Beamer, right. <laughs> hey, you can only afford a Beamer. Exactly. <laughs> it was only, yeah, yeah, the old beaten up Beamer. Yeah, yeah. Was sure, it the, sure. those new twin otters you're flying, the Vikings Yeah, ones? the 400s. We had both, um, the 300s and the 400s. How do they compare, the older versus the new classics? Um, so the, the, the 400s have got the 750 horse, the um, Dash 34. <clears throat> same as the seven fifty and the um same as the pack and the of three hundreds have got the dash must be twenty seven I think. So a little bit a little bit more power in the in the four hundred series and the, I've got the Honeywell suite. Um which took a little bit to get my head around to be honest, just just the you know, digital Oh digital yeah, the T V screen. Just the T V screens, yeah, so you got three yeah. three T V screens in, in front of you. But really good. Like, was that the first time you'd gone from like the old analog gauges to the yeah to the TV yeah, it screens? It, it does take a bit to get used to, like to some bars going up and just, down. Eh, exactly right. Dials. Yeah, exactly right. So it's just yeah. a, a, a um, I don't know. Philosophy is the right word, but a different way of um, yeah, different. Y- your scan yeah, changes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the training's really good. The training's really good, but I sort of take tend to take a bit longer than most to get my head around things you know 
Um, but no, once once you sort of get on top of it, the, the Honeywell's awesome. The 400 series is pretty great airplane to fly. Yeah. yeah. So is the the airspeed indicator is that is that one of those speed tapes where there's right. like an arrow and yeah? Have you have you guys had a go with those in the anything? Yeah. I've, I've been doing a little bit with it now, and yeah, it, does, it takes a while to get your head around it. Yeah, I sh- yeah. I'm still struggling with it. I because yeah. I, I think you've got to actually look at the number, like if you're on a critical approach, you know, a short field yeah. sort of thing. With the airspeed indicator, I'd just look at the, you know, you're glancing where, at the needle way. Eh? Yeah, I'd just look as the line where it normally should be. You know, the first yeah. couple of landings, you'll see what speed. And then you just yeah. look at that line. Is it there? Cool. Yeah. Is it that way? That way? Shit, something's wrong. But with that speed Thank tape, I've always got to actually look and focus. Yeah, and yeah. It just takes that split second longer in it. Because the speed tape does have the yellow and the red and the white. In the white, if, yeah, it does. But if you're if you're outside of it, it's just all green. So yeah. you can't. Yeah, it is. If, whereas like with the old steam gauge, the needle's at four o'clock, so you know roughly how fast you're going. Then it's mm. coming down to three o'clock, and you, Mm. You know, you're touching down, sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas you don't have that same quick scan. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And same with the um the the FSI. Mm. Yeah, because like you quite like that. You can really see if it's going up and down. Yeah. Whereas on the digital one, it's just a mm. above. It's up or down. I found so. that there's this the same sort of yeah. thing going from the Cresco to the XL. Just being able to touch the flat lever with your leg. And then, and then we went to the Excel, yeah. and then you yeah. back in, you're looking at a gauge. You know, it's just all that stuff adding yeah. up with eyes in the cockpit instead of being able to just tap your leg across, feel where your flaps are. <clears throat> yeah, 100%. Isn't that Isn't something? Funny? All this better stuff is making it worse. <sighs> yeah. Or different. Yeah, different. I, different. I found yeah. that having different. the... Um, the screens, especially working in when you're flying around in bloody clouds and things, it's it's nice to, to have that outlay and you know where you are all the time. It's just it's in front yeah. of you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, oh, far, yeah, awesome yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That was the big one there for for us. What was the? Because uh, you just did a big ferry in uh, caravan, didn't you? I, yeah, so last year for Thompson, so I still do a wee bit of contract work for those guys just, um, when they've got work on. I've <laughs> just showed the missus a bloody a photo from from Tim today. He's um, pretty keen for me to come over in May, but our baby's due in May, so can't even like, no bloody way you got it. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, first one. Happy, happy nice. running. Um, you're going to have to sell the bean. <laughs> Get a family wagon gear a Range Rover. Yeah, well, I don't think so. Shit, no, got an old V-dub for set, mate, two and a half grand. Beautiful. <laughs> but uh, what... Oh, you can tell us yeah. about that. Um, yeah, no, we went... About that... About so that the theory, theory... But what, what... Just quickly, what would you rather... A caravan or an XL? Caravan. Is that right? Yeah, I'm only, Ooh. I'm only, I know it's, yeah, yeah, it's a, it, yeah, yeah. It's the comfort, man. Like you sit, you sit in a caravan and it's like. Oh, nice. It's just, yeah, it's pilot's 100%. about it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. For, for the pilot, it's yeah, good awesome. Day. 
but it's but it's got its jobs, mate. You know, like you wouldn't um, flying. You know, the actual uh, maneuvering on survey is quite different in the pack than what it is in the caravan. You know, you, you can you can't spit, you can't get the back onto your next run in the caravan as, as, as nicely as you can in the pack, and the view is way different. You know, you can look out in front of you in the pack. But, um, now, yeah. as far as ergonomics go, mate, the, the yeah, caravan's right. great. Sorry, that your survey. I mean, your big theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the big theory, mate. No, so we took that over to Sweden from New South Wales. Um, so that took took us about fourteen days. Jumping, jumping island to island, and then um, a few couple of months later, I brought back. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Can you can you tell us the islands? Yeah, like, yeah. Where yeah, you went? Sure. So New South Wales, left New South Wales. We went up to um, Alice Springs. Um, and then up to Broome, across to Surabaya in Indonesia, and then um, Banda Aceh, which is the most northern point okay. in um, Indonesia there. On the way up, we, were, we ended up going through Sri Lanka, but um, we were, it was that time last year when the, the bloody crisis in Sri Lanka, there was no fuel and all that stuff. So we weren't 100% sure if we were going to be able to go through there or not, but it, it, it turned out we could. So anyway, we got... Spend a night in the Colombo. Is it Colombo? Yeah, no, we just refueled. We just stopped for a refuel there, actually, Pete. We just jumped, yeah. got some fuel there. We were there for about an hour. and um, That would have been a big hop. I'm just looking at the map going <laughs> from. <laughs> the next look. Was that seven hours? Um, shit, I'd have to look at the log, but yeah, it would have been something like that. Yeah. Yeah. From, from, you're talking about from Banda uh, Arche to Banda Arche to Colombo. Yeah. 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 I think it was, yeah, I think it was about seven or eight hours, yeah. And then we, we refueled yeah. there and then went down and stayed in the Maldives, which was bloody nice, um, just for the night. And then the next day, I can't think what the islands are called, but it's around, it's, it's one of the islands in the Maldives. We, we had to take off from um, the main airstrip in the Maldives, land at this other one, it was about 45 minutes away, refuel there, which was a really short airstrip, and we took off. We had to do that because we wouldn't have enough fuel when we, because our next stop was in Muscat. So you didn't go through India to get to Muscat? No, no, like we, we did, we, we came back that way because um, we couldn't go through yeah. Sri Lanka, but on the way up there we went straight from, I can't remember what the island's called, but refuel. Yeah. Maldives. Hey? An island yeah, in Maldives. Maldives. Yeah, and then uh, up to Muscat in Oman, um, stayed there for a night. God, it's, have, you, have you been up, have you been to Muscat before? That airport. Yeah. Good meat. Good oh, grills. man. That airport is unbelievable, eh? I, when I came in there, what's the... Um, we're just here now, this is a plane spotter. What's that big Antonov? The uh, 224 or whatever it is. Yeah, that yeah. was on approach. I got to fly straight over it. The six-engine one. Yeah, the massive Ooh, one. Awesome. That was cool. It's coming into Muscat, and I was doing an approach over top of it. It was cool. Jesus. You got <laughs> <laughs> In the plane spotting world, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't take a photo of it though, so oh, yeah, it doesn't count, does it? <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. that um that one leg was a bit of a funny one, because eh? you're eleven hours pretty much over the water. Gee. And there's a shipping lane that runs through there which makes you feel a little bit more at ease if anything happened, you know, you yeah. Although Jane the pirates tend to target that area, <laughs> they do. So the next, our next, that's right. Our next um, 
we went from Muscat to Saudi Arabia, uh, from Saudi to Egypt, and then the next leg we actually we're about to in Egypt. Did, did you go to up to Alexandria? Is it Alexandria? No, we stayed in we stayed yeah. in Hergada, which is oh, an hour south of Cairo, and maybe an hour and a half yep. two hours south of Cairo. As the crow flies, um, but that leg there, because Will Harrington was with me, an Australian fella. He had these binoculars and he's looking out the bloody thing. Uh, that must is it the Red Sea crossing that up, up there? It must be, yep. isn't it? So yep. he sees this thing. He's like, "Shit, is it a submarine?" And I'm looking at it. He gives me the binos. I'm looking at it. I reckon that I reckon that is a submarine. And we get closer to it, and the bloody thing just disappears in the water. And we Will was just like, I don't know, panicking, you know, because. <laughs> all the stuff that was happening in Russia. Yeah, um, sure. uh, yeah same yeah, time, wasn't it? Time, yeah. that, um, I didn't think too much of it. We got up and you could see there's about, I don't know, three or four little boats around it and you could see this massive, um, it looked green, it was underwater. But you, I couldn't see a kaleidoscope or anything, but there was definitely a submarine. They must have been doing some sort of um, practice drills or whatever they do. But we looked it up. We did look it up when we got to our next stop. And that it was a Israeli submarine. Wow. They do. They must do drills out in that um, in the ocean there. So, speaking of like all of that stuff, so one of the legs when I went over to Muscat, I heard because I always used to listen out onto one, two, three, yeah. four, five. Yeah, and um, heard on that frequency uh, aircraft flying, and you know, gave some lats along. You're flying in a restricted airspace. You must leave now. And it just keep repeating it, and then, yeah, didn't wasn't know what happened to aircraft. <laughs> no, God, no, 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 it wasn't me. No, it was to the north. It was to the north of me. Um, yeah, yeah. But on that same leg, uh, when I called up Muscat, it must have been about 120 miles off the coast, and they said, oh, "Be advised, there's multiple Fairfar traffic uh, in your area." I was like, "This is an odd place for Fairfar traffic to be hanging out." And then it was. Um, Probably within a few minutes, he was at F-16 just on my wingtip, flying next Holy to me. Holy moly. I scrambled to get my camera to take a photo, and as I'm taking a photo, he's just peeling off into the haze. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. Again, I know, I disappoint very just with my plane spotting. <laughs> what Air Force was, was that? That was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm assuming the um, um, Oman Air Force is in the airspace, but who knows? But yeah, yeah, I thought it was odd. It's going to be multiple fair far traffic at ten thousand feet, one hundred twenty miles off the coast of Omar. Yeah, that is that is strange. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, carry on. So you're in <laughs> yeah. Egypt. Um, so we, yeah, Egypt for a night. Then we went up to Greece. We stayed in um, oh god, what the heck is that little island called? It's um, oh shit, it doesn't matter. It'll, it'll come back to me. Santorini? No, is that the good one? That's so a it's, good an one. Island, it's an island by itself. Big, it's a really big bloody island in Greece. Um, Heraklion. Heraklion was the was the airstrip. Crete. Crete. Yeah. Crete. Crete. Yeah. Oh, Crete, yeah. is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Crete, yeah. Crete. So Heraklion, man, that, I've, yeah, I've never been to that part of the world before. It was pretty pretty amazing. Um, beautiful, um, beautiful scenery. And then from Greece, we went to, um, did we go to Czech Republic? No. Oh, I'm just trying to think we went from there. 
I think it was. We might have gone to Prague. Is it? Yeah, so we went from Greece. Yeah, I think we went to Prague and then from Prague to Stockholm, Stockholm to where we were working. Yeah, yeah cool. And you surveyed yeah, up, yeah? Yeah, did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. So they... Light up? No, it's all, that was all low-level. Yeah, mag, nice. magnetic. Magnetic. Yeah. 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 So there, there's obviously... Is that aircraft uh, like a one of a kind to warrant flying it halfway around the world to do a job and fly it back a month or whatever later? Yeah, it's a. They they they've had it for a for a couple of years that contract. So I'll, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too wow. sure. I'm not too sure why a company wouldn't get you know an airplane and oh, I don't know logistically you could make it work, can you? Yeah. But cool though, it means you get to go and do yeah, it. Right. Yeah, nice you wouldn't be would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's been that theory was really, really cool. And coming back, young um, Hamish, he, yeah, it was just another another 14 days, pretty much the same route. We just didn't go through Sri Lanka on the way home, just um, went through Kochi in, in India, in Kerala. That's yeah. cool. So your passport's pretty well full. With stamps, is it? Yeah, there's a few stamps in there now, Tim. Though probably not quite as many as what you boys have got. We'll get up no, here. I got nothing. Because <laughs> what are you doing now, Pete? You you back? Are you still are you back from? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> Fuck nice. <laughs> doing a bit of this and a bit of that. Uh, safety manager for a country, uh, country helicopters helicopter yeah. company, and doing a bit of flying for Kiwi cool. again. Yeah. Back in the yeah. yeah, so but with the with the cyclone come through, I'm doing passenger stuff for the first time. Oh, right? awesome! So cool. Doing a Friday Friday afternoon drop offs and Sunday morning Monday morning pickups. Oh no, Mon- uh, Sunday night Monday morning pickups. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bus From, driver. Um, yeah, the bus driver. People. What seven people is that in that four so yeah. Yeah, and before I six. What's your route? So, you're, yeah. you're going down from Gisborne to Napier? Oh, I go Gisborne, Hastings, and then um, Wyra, Hastings. Yeah. Sort of just wherever people yeah. want to go. It's it's not a schedule thing. It's more of an ad hoc sort of Yeah, charter. okay. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, yeah. mate. Yeah. 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 And, we'll, and have been doing a bit of... Because we'd been doing LIDAR surveying in it over in the islands yeah. last year. Did you, didn't, when did yeah. you... Didn't okay. you go up to Guam or something, Pete? Oh. Yeah, it was before COVID. Also saw also saw yeah. a submarine up there. It was pretty cool. Saw one of those nuclear Did submarines well. coming oh, out sure. of Guam. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I flew down to it, but I didn't fly away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drop down to it, but I, you know, made You're a bit of a, my turn. My turn went towards it. For, yeah, but like we, we, I was talking to the military every day. We were there because we surveyed the whole island, and so in Guam you got a. Um, Air Force base here and a Navy base, and the Marines are based here as well. Um, cool. So that was pretty cool. Got to see an aircraft carrier fully loaded with jets on top. Wicked. Yeah, it was, cool. it was pretty neat. And flying over the Air Force base in Guam's really cool. It was like just loaded with B 52s and um, a few drones. And um, like you'd be coming in, you'd be doing a line parallel to the runway. And they were like, uh, be advised, there's a flight of uh, F-18s coming in. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't turn left sort of thing. <laughs> like, All right. That was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And like me has come flying around past you, like Man. quite close. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah. Wicked. It's scary. Yeah. That's really cool. Wish <laughs> I had stories like that. Yeah, so what now then, Jake, are you are you just cruising with all of these different jobs? I uh, for now. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, mate. I've, I've I'm working for one in particular in New Zealand and just sort of we'll see how that goes over the next little while. I'd, We'd like to be a bit more stable, to be honest with you, with the baby coming, but just got to do what you got to do, eh? Uh, yeah. It, it, it's a hard life being a GA pilot. It is, pilot. mate. I know, and I don't want to bloody. I don't want to. I'm not saying giving in, going to the airlines, but it's never been a. It's never been a thing for me, eh? And it, I've got more and more mates that are sort of turning that way now, and the. It's. I think it's not so much for, for enjoyment. It's the lifestyle. Yeah, stability. Yeah, stability. stability. That's right. The pay's better too now, apparently, because they're in hot demand. Yeah, that's right. You're right. in hot demand. Where, where are you guys going to get any airlines bloody calling you? Captain Hoddy. <laughs> we need to start up West Coast Airlines. Yeah. 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 No, that's right. That's why we need West Coast Airlines. Hoodie Airlines. I can't hear you, Hoodie. You've you bloody lost your microphone, mate. Yep. Nah. Your finger might be on it. Yeah. Oh. There you hey, go. That's better. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> out. Mate. You, you need to go to podcasting well, school or something. I think we can order with a couple of lessons. Mm. Oh, Shit. Oh, that's yeah. bloody good. But, um, no, good <clears throat> shit. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, just to, to wrap it up, Hoodie was saying he's going to borrow your plane for a bit. So you've got a plane. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, yep, he's he's going to take it off my hands for a couple of months. I think he's got more. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be good to see it flying, eh? Because I've, I've had it, I bought it just, prior to COVID or around that time with in other intentions that haven't sort of turns out you've got to have a few brains to bloody start a business but I haven't discovered yet is <laughs> <laughs> the business dream still a dream it, like still yeah, a possibility it certainly is it's just yeah, cool. it, honestly man it's, yeah. it just comes down to funds and um, yeah. But, yeah yeah in the meantime you know Hoodie's going to take it off my hands and, and, and put it to work just double double check that he's actually got his BFR probably <laughs> and, and medical better make sure he goes medical yeah you dodgy bastard yeah <laughs> and his rating yeah. what, uh, 180 or 185 it's a 180 yeah 180 nice lovely nice machines no. well I think that's that's gone pretty bloody well gentlemen Shall Potentially we? our best podcast yet. I think so. That was a good yarn. Yeah. Yes, thanks very much for really pulling me in. It was good to catch up with you. Oh, yeah. absolute pleasure having you on, Jake. Do you, do you, oh man, I don't, Sam, Sam, finish us off, Sam. Hey. Oh. Anytime you like. <laughs> hey, <you're is, is there anything you want to share with 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 whatever you're doing or I don't know I heard people do that do you have an Instagram do you have a something 
with your work, do you want to share any of that? Oh. Who are you talking to? Me. Jake. Who are you asking, yeah. Woody or Jake? Jake. Oh, no, shit, no, man. I don't, no, I, don't, I don't tend to do anything like that, to be honest with you. I've got... Um, no. BMWs no. are us. <laughs> Look it up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing like that. It's just good to come on for a yarn. It was, it was more for me catching up with you yeah, boys. Right, right. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll do yeah. one in person one day. Yeah, I can't wait for that, mate. We're, yeah. we're certainly able to do some beers. Mm, yeah. For sure. Good. Jolly good. Well, thank you very much, Jake. And we'll 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 cut it off there and go have ourselves a snoozy and catch up with yeah. everyone right, next boys, time. Sounds buddy, yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah, you very boys. much. Okay. Cheers, guys. Have a good one, Jerry. See you, mate. Right. See ya.